0: Burrow fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the
1: way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor touchdown. Pass is caught. Digs touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Road Biz Overtime on Road Biz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colm Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and I am joined by my co-host here on Road Biz Overtime. It is Sean Siegel. You won't find too much information from him on Twitter, but you can find all his work up at RotorBiz.com. We are drafting in the FFPC Superflex Best Ball Tournament. It is underway. We're drafting against our listeners. We have 11 of them in there. We had a lot of interest with so the first listener league of the year underway in the FFPC Best Ball Tournament, the Superflex edition. It is a tournament $35 entry, a $10,000 grand prize. Lots of interesting in roster construction decisions ahead of us here sean maximum of 4752 teams 20 round draft and we'll be going through that today just for people following in as you can see some of the picks are happening we are spot 11 it is one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers one tight end two flexes one can be a quarterback and then obviously we have our uh two flexes can can also uh, be running back wide receiver tight end if we want to go so we have started off sean I've tried to get all the information in there. As hopefully, I've, I've had it as well as we can, but uh, we will talk more about it as we go through. So to start the draft, we have Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Justin Herbert. Kind of as expected there, but as I mentioned, we are spot 11. How are you feeling about what way we should approach this draft from the back of the round?
2: Well, we're in a, a similar situation here to the one that Ben Gretchen and I were in when we did a draft uh, pod on this particular format this is a great format you have the extra QB in there that takes one of the flexes out that makes the wide receivers a little bit less powerful we went with Christian McCaffrey in the 11th spot when we had that option previously as we come up here you see Russell Wilson Dak Prescott we're really through the QBs that I am extremely high on now Colin one of the problems that we have out of the 11th pick is not just in the first round but especially in the third round where these quarterbacks are not going to come back to us. So if we pass on QB here, and especially if we pass twice, then we're going to be playing a very dangerous, but potentially exciting game of catch up the whole rest of the way. Joe Burrow sliding in there at the ninth spot, I think is a very good pick. What direction would you like to go? One of the things that we can potentially do would be to take the two wide receivers. We would expect this particular room to be fairly wide receiver heavy even though wide receiver is knocked down in terms of the the power that those players have in this format
1: yeah i think it'll be interesting to see so we are on the clock with 40 seconds i think we could either go cooper cup here or we couldn't go and get ourselves those two quarterbacks and then just forget about quarterback for the majority of the rest of the draft is probably the safer way to play it which way do you want to go i'll let you lead the way here
2: it just seems like it creates a lot more excitement if we take the risk and go for broke past these QBs up, it, it seems like taking Cooper Cup here is almost too fun to, to go in a different direction.
1: Yeah, let's do Cup. One of the reasons last year's listener drafts, for anyone who listened into them, for anyone who partook in those, they were very wide receiver heavy. And if you didn't take those wide receivers in the first two to three rounds and they were non super flex, but the wide receivers were wiped out pretty early. So I think getting an opportunity to take who I think is the wide receiver one this season and Cooper Cup as the second wide receiver. I think it's, it's well And just Justin Jefferson is really in the mix as well there. But I think with the true elite top quarterbacks gone, I think that's the the decision. It is also a 60-second clock, Sean. So we'll feel like we have so much time after the underdog drafts and those 30-second clocks. This will be a, a nice relaxing draft forest in the second round are you thinking again about passing up quarterback some of the options available to us at the moment are russell wilson Dak prescott tom brady matthew stafford um i think as well i know it's probably a little bit early but i think trey lance could be somebody who's fun there or we could even go and get that stack with matthew stafford as well with cooper
2: cup yeah i'm not in on matthew stafford he'll have a great season i'm not in on him because i think he's going to perform poorly i think he does have a little bit lower ceiling. I don't know that Allen Robinson is quite the fix that they're hoping that he'll be now. Especially at the fantasy playoffs, they may have Odell Beckham back. That would be a three-wide receiver group that's fairly dynamic. I would be more tempted to go with Russell Wilson here and try and play him.
1: Do you just want to go crazy, John, completely and go for Jamar Chase here and pair him up with the Cooper Cup?
2: That is what I want to do. I, I was <laughs> working <that> around <laughs> to say, yeah, but... let's <laughs> yeah, take Jamar I... Chase. I mean, Travis Kelsey is also probably... A better selection right here, but there's at least a tiny chance that Kyle Pitts will get back. Probably not in this sharp of a room.
1: Yeah. No, I was just looking down. I'm just like, Sean's gonna make a case here, but I know deep down in his heart what he really wants to do. And I was like, oh, start off with these two guys. Let's let's have a go at it. Um that that's a fun start. It may not be fun when we get to the you know 18th round and we still have no quarterbacks. For anyone who watched our recent draft, we held off all the way over in the underdog draft to uh the last three rounds got three quarterbacks there but yeah i think that's going to be a fun start here and everyone well, so far i think we're going to have a lot of two quarterback starts through the first two rounds which may allow some of the guys that maybe we like but other people don't like hopefully to, to fall a little bit to us so we'll see how it starts to play out we did touch on it sean at the start but as we like to do with these drafts we jump on we get straight into the draft We get into the action, and then sometimes we'll discuss the options as we go through. What do you think is the ideal build in this particular format in terms of you have mentioned wide receivers getting that little bit of a a knockdown, then we've taken two wide receivers to start the draft. What's your optimal lineup here as you you look at it? And then what's your thoughts on, you know, it's a super flex tournament, but not always relying on two quarterbacks in the build? Um, Is that something to try and target or to be concerned about?
2: Well, I mean, the best start here is going to be to go quarterback, quarterback, or to at least get those two elite quarterbacks in the first three rounds. If you think that there's a guy in round three who will come back through. Currently, as we do this, I have the FFPC roster construction explorer up. I have the FFPC ADP specifically for the Superflex best ball tournament up. One of the things that we can see here is that over the last couple of weeks, this second round has featured QBs like Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Trey Lance, and Kirk Cousins in round two, and then coming back in round three before our selection, Tua and Justin Fields. Fields, I think, is actually – he's a player that I'm going to be targeting. One of the things that I like to do and we talk a lot about on the show is to select players who have a very wide range of outcomes – especially obviously when that range of outcomes includes league winning upside i think with the rushing ability there and the fact that they'll likely trail a lot in those games that you have both his rushing ability and garbage time to elevate his floor then if some things sort of fall into place for them if mooney and comet play as well as the bears are expecting then you could actually see some ups- upside in addition i don't think he's going to come back to us at the 311 but those would be kind of the quarterbacks i'm looking at targeting early just to give listeners a sense of where we are with those over the last couple of seasons when you do start qbqb you have a win rate above 10 percent, and your top two percentile outcomes are also very good which obviously is one of the things you're going to be targeting in a tournament
1: yeah one of the things i love about uh, this tournament as well but we, we obviously had a very successful run sean last year to a second place finish in the ffpc regular best ball tournament and The thing I love so much was when you go through your league, you mentioned the top two advance rate, was two go through in this format after your league finishes. Then in week 14, the top two teams go through. Week 15, the top two teams advance from 12-team leagues. And then in week 16, three teams advance to a 33-team final. Obviously, the the, the top prize is $10,000 in this, so that's obviously a nice thing to go. But a lot of the FFPC baseball tournaments are in that format where it's 12-team leagues, and I think that makes it – Something that feels attainable versus some of the tournaments with the, the massive fields, even once you you hit those playoffs, so something that I, I really like. Just to give an idea of the draft so far as we look, I mentioned the first couple of quarterback picks. I won't run over those again, but then Hurts went at six, Jonathan Taylor at seven, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson, then we took Cougarbury Cup, Dak Prescott and Tom Brady back-to-back to back for the team from the 12th spot, then back to us at Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey goes, Russell Wilson, Trey Lance. Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Austin Eckler, Stefan Diggs, and we have Aaron Rodgers, Mark Andrews, DeAndre Swift, and Kyle Pitts has just gone off the board at the 301. The player that Sean had mentioned that probably wouldn't get back to us, but he definitely doesn't at this point. Sean, we have the quarterback options that you mentioned. Fields probably feels like the the real one that we're probably hoping that might get to us. Then we after that is by AD, ADP of quarterbacks, is Trevor Lawrence, then Matt Ryan. I think we're waiting into that Ryan Tannehill range after that if we if we don't get Justin Fields it feels like. Um then when we look through Kyle Pitts going off the board, the tight ends that will be available when it comes back to us. I would fully expect Waller and the rest of the crew to be there. Are we still are we still waiting on George Kittle here and are uh, not George Kittle, sorry, TJ Hawkinson in, in this draft?
2: Probably not as much of an emphasis on Hawkinson here. Although again, the tight end is going to be more valuable in a format where you essentially lose one flex spot because that flex spot becomes a top, becomes a quarterback, right? So from that perspective, they give even a little bit more advantage to you in the starting lineup. We do want to get some elite running backs here. If we can, if Fields is gone, I think we can wait through these two here. There wouldn't be any other quarterbacks that were going to really want at this juncture. One of the things that you have to do in this format is if you miss, you then have to really wait. This format and this style of drafting requires the same basic approach that we see when we look at other best ball leagues, which is that you have the QB window once you're out of the QB window. And similar to once you're out of the tight end, the elite tight end at the beginning, once you're out of the elite running backs at the beginning, then you have those flat spots in the drafts you can't draft into those flat spots. You have to say, OK, based on where we were selecting and we had options, we could have selected a QB, either Prescott or Brady and then Russell Wilson. We could have gone with treyland So we had things we could do there. It's not like we were locked out. But once we made the decision to kind of take a fun approach here in this draft with the listeners, then we have to really wait on the later QBs. So they won't be an option here. Ideally, we'll be able to add, I think, two stud running backs in these next at this next turn that would be the way to claw back some of the advantage in the starting lineup and again we're gonna have a unique team but then that starting lineup value at wide receiver running back that's what we're hoping will carry us based on how we've started this draft
1: yeah and so far as we mentioned there is five running backs off the board and taylor mccaffrey eckler swift and then derrick henry has gone off the board to the eckler drafter justin fields does just go off the board Three picks before us, followed by Dalvin Cook. So we are looking to try and get into those running back sweepstakes here, most likely. Sean, who are we? There's there's a few guys here that I have no interest in, and I don't want to waste time going through them. Are we looking here though at you know potentially in one of these two picks, Saquon Barkley?
2: Um, is, is he one of our key targets here? Barkley definitely, and then it, it's a matter of you know, do we want to reach it all for the other running back? because we have them so much higher, or would we want to take someone like a George Kittle who is still out there? Kittle could be a guy who really is a game changer. Colin, do you have a second running back after Barkley that you really like?
1: No, I think I would take Barkley and hope that Kittle potentially gets back to us, and then we can have that conversation around him then at that point. you know, there is a couple of running backs that haven't gone off the board by ADP. Harris has gone off the board in that last pick. So we have the option here, while we're on the clock, to take Barkley. The other guys in that range are Javante Williams, who I think would be interesting. Then we have Aaron Jones, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon's also in that range, Nick Chubb. So listeners will probably be able to guess which ones of those I'm not interested in. But Barkley, I think, is the the one that really interests me here at this point. We're starting to get in then as running backs go to Travis Etienne, Brees Hall. I Think both of those are are very valid options at this point. And then, as you mentioned, George Kittle would be the other one in the mix there for me. Um, when we look though, they're they're going to go a little bit later than we're sitting at now. So I, I think I think Kittle could be interesting if he does make it back to here in a couple of picks. What do you think?
2: Kittle would be a way way to go. Do you have any interest in? trevor lawrence here he's not someone i've been selecting at. like i said i think that we can wait past him Kittle is available
1: yeah for me it's between probably williams hall and kettle um i think though if we take kettle here it means that we have that elite tight end and it, it gives us more flexibility because i feel like some of the areas we're going to look to target other tight ends i think we might be looking into some
2: quarterbacks at those spots and we have a lot of drafts with Debo Samuel. We have a lot of drafts with Trey Lance. We're not going to have either of those two players on this team. And this gives us a way to play that San Francisco offense that fits our build and gives us a little bit of that diversity across San Francisco. Yeah.
1: Other players, just for people listening, that are available based on ADP. And as I mentioned, the running backs mentioned Matt Ryan, but we do have Mike Evans, AJ Brown, T. Higgins um you know there is a lot of wide receiver options available at this point um based on the wide receiver options that are available let's say we could have took aj brown there we could do p higgins there any uh in hindsight regrets based on the the cup chase start i still i still think that the i I would lean towards the the start that we went just for the diversity uh, of of how this roster is going to look on this occasion and for the listeners we will be having multiple entries into this so that we will we will have different styles of drafts from time to time.
2: Yeah, no, no regret. I mean, Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase are so far above all of the other wide receiver options. I think that they're probably above Justin Jefferson, although he is in that three-player tier at the very top. There's a huge break down to Stephon Diggs and Devontae Adams, CeeDee Lamb in that next group of three or so. To have both of those guys, I think, uh, again, it just gives us a roster that is so much fun.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm really pleased with how it's going. But, yeah, you mentioned Trevor Lawrence. He does go off the pick board, sorry, one pick after us, then T. Higgins, then Mike Evans. I really hope that it all works out for Lawrence this year. We're talking a lot about Travis Etienne at the moment. We may even, if things fall our way, we may be able to potentially see him somewhere in the next round. But I it just was so concerned in last year where I'm like, if we've waited and we've gone to the point where where we've passed those quarterbacks in the first two rounds i'm thinking we're, we're pushing on down a little bit deeper down into the the bag of quarterbacks before we're picking them up he feels to me like when we look at adp and how these super flex drafts are going feels like he's kind of sitting in that no man's land between uh the kind of top tier guys the next tier and then there's him and then there's the, the kind of later quarterback option so I'm really hoping bounces back and things work for him, but it's it's just a lot of concern. I, I just on that, Sean, with with the Jaguars, do you think how much are you putting on Trevor Lawrence's plate for last year, and how much are you putting on on Urban Meyer's plate? I think you have to put a
2: lot of it on Meyer, but one of the things that we saw with Lawrence is that he's able to pull the trigger quickly. He's got the big arm, but the accuracy was very very poor, and so some of that is just going to be a matter of making that rookie transition. Some of it's going to be a matter of having wide receivers who are experienced enough and can get to the spot that you're throwing to. But there there are a lot of plays where he just simply doesn't look like the type of prospect that we saw with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. Those are sort of the guys coming in after Peyton Manning and luck where kind of looking at them as potentially being in that same category now joe burrow there was the hope for that justin herbert people were more skeptical of because he hadn't been surrounded by the weapons in college i think when we look back at lawrence one of the things that you do see is that he was surrounded by incredible talent at clemson some of the other quarterbacks recently who were surrounded by that type of talent at alabama for example have also struggled to an extent and that part of it gives me a little bit of pause. And again, you contrast that as sort of Andrew Luck at Stanford, where not having that type of talent and yet clearly being the top pick in the draft, the top picks sometimes do bust. You pull up our similarity search feature in the road of his screener, and you're going to see very ugly names next to Trey Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. Whereas, I mean, Andrew Luck was the main player who came up for Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. So you had a lot more enthusiasm for their, Futures after the rookie season and we look at Lawrence here I mean he's priced in this type of format to reflect both a lot of upside and the fact that he played poorly last season In dynasty and some other formats like that. He's still priced very very aggressively I think there's probably too much risk in dynasty but If you make some of the decisions that we made early on here, then you could easily see why Lawrence would be appealing I still felt like we had to pass and then the question becomes You know, where do we jump in the names who are currently up? Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, and Mac Jones at the QB position. One of the things that we see when we pull up our ADP tool, which is going to give you ADP for this particular format. We see that Winston, Wilson, Daniel Jones tend to go to the first half to the middle of round five. Tannehill and Mac Jones are going at the turn. And then Jared Goff, whom I believe would be one of our other targets, is going in the middle of round six. Colin would be pretty gutsy to try and wait to the seven, eight turn. Again, this is a, a problem with being kind of at the back. Even if those guys fall into round seven, will they fall all the way through to the bottom? And which players from that group do you have any interest in here in round five? Yeah,
1: the, the quarterbacks, and we've, I've been kind of hinting at this, right, but you know the likes of Tannehill, I think Mac Jones is just right at the edge of that. I just don't know. I think the floor is there. I don't know if the ceiling um, is going to be there for Jones. I think Daniel Jones, though, is, is the other player. And the, the other one that I'm interested, based on what the Jets have put around him, is Zach Wilson heading into his second season. So I'm kind of in on the, you know, if we got two of those four guys, I think I'd be pretty happy. And then the other one you mentioned was Jared Goff the the question i was going to spin back to you was: we talked at the start about the lineup allocation you know for the the potential options what the flex is the ideal scenario on this is to go with two quarterbacks um you know what's the super flex option at this point though it feels like we're probably going to need to go with a three quarterback build based on how we've started things off here
2: would you agree with that Definitely. And and you're going to need a three quarterback build in all likelihood in this tournament. Anyway, one of the things that the roster construction explorer does suggest is that two quarterbacks, when you get the two stars early has worked in the past. I don't know, know that we would necessarily want to count on that, but it does allow you to save a roster spot. We're going to need three, maybe even four. I think that part of what we're trying to do here is be so dominant at the other positions but then we could go with a little bit more QB volume late, again, using just a, a very unique structure for this format. Yeah. And the other the other point then that I was going to
1: spin into was, I did touch on this at the start, but is there a point here where if we have some of the options that are going to be available to us on the board as we make our next pick, now some of these guys might go, but the likes of Brees Hall, ETN, Cam Akers, JK Dobbins are all still there as, as running back options. Wide receiver has dried up a little bit at this point, but you know DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown is there, Jerry Judy's there, guys that might be of interest. Then you're starting to get down to Rashad Bateman. Now there is other <laughs> wide receivers available in this range, but just guys that I'm not as excited about. Is there the possibility to, you know, be 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 overly galaxy brain unique and and not have
2: the emphasis on the the two quarterbacks every week for your build? you're going to need the QB scoring but I think that again if we can build a team that is powerful enough that occasionally a running back would slide in get us through if you end up having a roster where you have multiple running backs with two three touchdowns at the end of the tournament then again you have some options to slide some other players in there every once in a blue moon right so you have that that you're looking at i think that again with this format being a little bit more running back heavy that i just would be tempted to take two more running backs here at this turn get a couple more stars have three guys with the two that we take here and barkley and then hope we have one of the qbs last to us at that 7 11 pick i do think that after so many of the drafters here made the appropriate you know, QB heavy start, though there's a possibility of these guys really falling. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be ambitious uh, to see them
1: falling that far. Uh, Brees Hall does go off the board. I think he definitely was gonna be one of our targets. Um so we have the option here, Sean, for ETN cam Akers or Dobbins if you want to go uh, the wide receiver right um, or else we'll we'll set or sorry the running back right or will we'll set off for the quarterback so I'll let you go Daniel Jones did go off the board which
2: makes it a little bit more risky. Daniel Jones is gone. And so we're now looking at basically Mac Jones as being a pick here. I just kind of want to see how it falls. So I would I would like to go with Travis Etienne and then perhaps Cam Akers as we wrap back around.
1: Okay, let's go for Etienne. I'm on, I'm on board with the ETM pick anyway, as we as we kick things into into gear here. Um Daniel Jones going off the board. You know, sometimes that can make you think, oh, we have to go and get the quarterback now, but we'll see how it plays out so far. Through nearly nearly five rounds of the draft, we have uh, the first team in the the draft with one quarterback. Then we have two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks, one, one, two, 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 one, zero for us so far, and then three for the the team in twelve. So there is teams that definitely are going to need quarterbacks. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens after this one. There's no there's none of the guys Sean at this point that are really standing out for me. You know I've mentioned Zach Wilson and Ryan Tannehill. Are they guys that you're interested in drafted? The other one you mentioned was Jared Goff. I think it's possible the two of them do make
2: it back to us at the next pick, but I also think that they could be gone pretty quick. Well, one of the things here, and again, we pull up the roster construction explorer to make sure listeners are are fully aware of how we're kind of pushing the envelope or I should say just taking some risks that haven't necessarily paid off in the past. And we want to see if there is a way to play this and the way to play it will be with four or five quarterbacks you pull up the results from the past and if you wait until after round five to select your qb1 then your win rate is basically zero which i mean that's difficult to do because you would expect some teams just randomly to win every once in a while however if you take four the win rate jumps above 10 percent. if you take five it's very good as well although on basically a meaningless sample so we're looking here at a situation where i think that we have to keep pushing unfortunately Akers does go do you have a wide receiver that you think makes a big difference in this spot column the other thing i think is we can do is take jk dobbins who is a player that we love and expect to smash adp he again would give us a little bit of uniqueness in this particular build
1: yeah i think i would go dobbins and then i think we'll hold off at running back the other the other players would be marquise brown i think that would be the, the one that i would pull for here so we do go with Dobbins in the pick. It's a strange, got very flat there, Sean, with a couple of <laughs> a couple of players going off the board. I was hoping that um, Akers would then reach it back around to us. You mentioned some of the win rates there. So we're well and truly in the, the deep territory here at the moment as we start off with Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, Saquon Barkley, George Kittle, Travis Etienne, and J.K. Dobbins. This next round and a half is going to be very interesting to see how it starts to look for us with the quarterbacks coming back i do think when we you know played it out in the the draft over an underdog last week you know it didn't feel like a lot of those quarterbacks were going to make it back to us but we were very relieved when they did so i think if we get two of those quarterbacks at the the next kind of turn here i think we might breathe a sigh of relief but out of 10 give a a guess on on our chances of, of those guys getting back to us
0: we're driven by the search for better
2: Well, one of the things that just happened was Jared Goff went, and it's going to be (laughs) harder to get our guys to come back to us in a draft with the listeners who uh, in many cases are going to have some similar targets. That's not necessarily because they got those targets from us, but uh, like-minded individuals, very bright drafters. So Goff goes there. Interestingly enough, Mac Jones is still available. Column. one of the things that we're looking at here with also Zach Wilson and and Ryan Tannehill still available, I think that at the very least, and this is kind of the plan that I had coming in when I saw that we had the 11th pick, was that we're going to have to make a play for Baker Mayfield. We're going to have to make a play for Desmond Ritter. Those are the two guys really late. Again, you know, will it work in a draft? The listeners, that'll be. Uh, yeah. We'll see that as as it goes along. But Maker Bayfield does look at this point like he'll be the starter for the Seattle Seahawks or the Carolina Panthers. As long as that's still up in the air, he's going to be discounted. Jimmy Garoppolo, also someone who could be on the trade market there, could be moving to the Panthers <laughs> as they get a look at some of the players, or specifically, they get a look at the progress that Sam Darnold has made. They get a look at what, where Matt Corral is. We've been pretty high on Corral. They've suggested that after the snap, he looks great, but he's struggling with all of the pre-snap types of responsibilities that can be difficult for a rookie. And those coaches there in Carolina, a lot of pressure on them to win or to at least put a, a better look out on the field than what we had last season. They may feel like bringing Jimmy Garoppolo in, even though. There were some reports coming out of there that they didn't think he was a huge upgrade on Sam Darnold. They may be changing their minds as they get a little bit further along here. And then Desmond Ritter, the reports have been glowing on him. It sounds like there's actually a pretty decent chance at this point that he will be the first rookie QB to take snaps this season. It appears right now that Kenny Pickett is having a harder time beating out Mitchell Trubisky than Ritter is with Marcus Mariota so a player especially with the hybrid ability that he brings i think we have to be on not surprisingly those guys that fell to us at the end of our underdog draft are also sitting here in terms of matt ryan ryan Tannehill. not a lot of enthusiasm for those two quarterbacks
1: yeah i, I can tell that's when they're not you know added to the queue at the points when we're talking about needing quarterbacks and <laughs> in round six uh, i was getting the feeling that sean's enthusiasm maybe be winning um it's going to be it's going to be fun here to see how we, we play this out. I'm following along, Sean, as we draft in the draft room. I can see some of the messages coming in from players wondering, you know, what has happened to Sean and Column as we, we draft this roster? And um, Tom Strackin, who's drafting, you know, you mentioned the, the win rates for not taking a quarterback at this stage, but if you do it in certain ways, how it can work out. He just said that it's, it doesn't look good in the road of his tools for not having a quarterback after five rounds. We'll see how we play it out. The other, uh, the other line that has come in that I've really enjoyed is the entire history of the podcast has been just uh, one long con leading up to this draft. So uh, <laughs> the, the listeners are certainly having fun with it. But Sean, Jared Goff did go off the board, but we have had no quarterbacks in this run since that. There's Sutton, James Conner, Dallas Goddard, Jerry Judy, Marquise Brown, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. They all go off the board. You did touch there on Baker Mayfield and we do have a little bit more time between picks in this particular draft format with the 62nd clock. If Baker ends up with the Seahawks, do you think then that we're looking at players like DK Metcalf at at the minute going below what their market value would be in that instance? Or do you think that the market value of, of the Seahawks pass catchers doesn't change that much with the quarterback
2: change? Well, anybody who watched week 17 last season and what Baker Mayfield did throwing the ball repeatedly into the uh, you know, offensive line, into the defensive lineman, knows that I uh, mean, this isn't going to be a savior type of situation. This isn't going to be Matthew Stafford going to the Rams. It's not going to be Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. But the Seahawks do have some problems. I think that Geno Smith actually probably uh, not a massive gap between Geno and Baker Mayfield. But Mayfield was injured. All of last season and anybody who's tried to you know just like get up from the couch <laughs> when you're injured can understand just how different it is to be in an environment like that compared to when you're 100 healthy and so from that perspective i think that we could see a very different baker mayfield in 2022 he had the very hot stretch to finish out 2020 and that was still within the context of a team that didn't have a lot of talent at the receiving positions so Can he play? Will he be an upgrade? I think so. One of the things that we've talked about a little bit, you pull up the game splits app and you see that DK Metcalf was actually much better last year with Geno Smith than he was with Russell Wilson. That's not to say that Russell Wilson was hurting him or that Geno Smith is a a smash for him, but I think that he is going to be someone who performs regardless of the quarterback, as long as the functioning within the offense is just at sort of this bare minimum that it moves the ball at all and that's one of the questions that we have with drew lock one of the reasons why it just seems like Noah offense adp is crazy is that he was actually a viable player with teddy bridgewater with drew lock and if you can play in that environment then it's almost impossible to have a downgrade you know wood mayfield be an upgrade for him i think so and i think you have to be sprinkling those guys in because there is the possibility at this point and probably the strong possibility that they actually have better quarterback play than most drafters are projecting when they select the Seahawks players in drafts. Yeah, no, that, that seems fair, but I'm just, I was just wondering what your thoughts on, I, I don't think there's a massive
1: gap between them and I am still interested to see what happens with Mayfield. We probably will have more news over the, the coming week or two around the Deshaun Watson situation, but it does feel like the Browns have decided that it doesn't matter what happens. Mayfield's not, going to be involved so we'll see how it plays out sean we are so far running pure on yellow as the the ship chasing guys would say uh in terms of it has been all wide receivers from the midpoint of the sixth round we're still on that run here as Juju smith schuster chris godwin and elijah moore go off the board so there is still some hope there but they, they do say it's the the hope that that kills you. it might get us here in the end but we'll see if we can get some of those quarterbacks run their way back to us as antonio gibson is the next player off the board i added a couple of wide receivers sean to the queue just in case that decision has to be made and the the quarterback options aren't there um darnell mooney is somebody who i'm not sure if he's somebody that you're in on you know previously somebody that i talked about last year but we didn't really draft a huge amount of him but seems to be the the clear number one option now in chicago but the concerns are around how good that Chicago offense will be. I know you've talked about uh, Justin Fields, but I think that's going to be a lot on the ground. That's what we're probably going to expect from his his upside. Is that is that correct?
2: Yeah, Mooney is is someone who was fantastic last season, and it's, it's almost jarring to see the gap in ADP between Allen Robinson, who was done, was completely finished, couldn't play at all, and Darnell Mooney, who was a star basically, in a situation where yeah perhaps Helen Robinson now goes to a functional team a functional offense has a good quarterback but Darnell Mooney was very good last season within the context that he was already in and you now have him taking another step forward the news out of training camp or not training camp but the offseason activities has been that he's been fantastic And you look at the probable target volume there and and you and I, and you know, when we do stealing bananas with Ben and all that kind of thing, I mean, that's not our focus compared to a lot of drafters, but I mean, it's almost just insane in this situation to see how good he is, how he's been successful with fields, how he's going to have this target share that's through the roof. And drafters still are not interested and I even fall into that boat myself sometimes because some of these types of players we do see them fall back you can understand that but it's just it's a, a very interesting dynamic and the opportunity there pretty extraordinary so column unfortunately just one pick ahead of us we lose mac jones is this a situation now or we want to take that risk on zach wilson who has fallen miles and miles and miles below adp i think we take wilson here
1: um the thing with somebody like wilson as well is that i think there's you know the the risk that he just isn't that good and the jets continue to be the jets and things don't work out but we do see quarterbacks going into that second season and things picking up and you know we we look at him we look at trevor lawrence there was definitely some more bright spots in terms of overall fantasy production from zach wilson last year than lawrence i i think lawrence is still the better player but for the the cost here i think that wilson is a, a very interesting play and based on the guys who are i want to keep picking this up sean you mentioned about you know drafting at 2 a.m when we did the, the draft at 2 a.m my time a couple of months back about you know you don't get up to draft you know baker mayfield you don't get up to draft jimmy garoppolo but Maybe you get up to, to draft Zach Wilson, but you want to take that upside play of what it could be, and he is certainly the Jets starter, where we don't really know where Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo will be. There's a very high chance that they still will be the starters. The other player that's in this range who I don't think we've really talked about at all, and um, I don't know. He he may be interesting based on this build, and that's that's Jameis Winston. Is he somebody that you have any interest in in 2022? Or... Should we, should we be avoiding that? The next question, as we are back on the clock, is do we take another quarterback
2: here or do we take one-off Brandon Ayuk, Darnell Mooney, or Amon Russ and Brown? Winston is, is sort of permanently off my board. He's another player where you have the concerns that you could be in a Sean Watson situation at any moment. And it doesn't look like the Saints offense is going to necessarily support the type of upside that, would make him interesting really at any point along here in the draft. So Colm, I'll give you the choice. There are a lot of fun receivers still left, despite the receiver heavy last couple of rounds. Who would you like?
1: I think we'll go for Darnell Mooney. The reason I'm going to do that is I haven't drafted him yet this year. (laughs) So I thought that uh, it's a chance to diversify there. I think that he showed a lot in his first two seasons, but there's just like some question marks around the offense. But if it's a situation where he's going to really take that step forward, is going to be this year, and you want to be getting on that value at this particular point, that he does take that step forward. He's legitimately the, the number one target in that offense now, and we should be seeing, like the stuff I'm talking about with Zach Wilson, for example, we should be seeing Fields continue to ascend as a young quarterback, and that should mean that his pass catchers and, and wide receivers and so on lead to more fantasy production, which would be very, very good for us. The other one there, Amon Ross and Brown, very interesting player based on how he did last year it just feels like he might be getting squeezed out a little bit more based on the options that they're adding in and then obviously the the, the opposite has happened in Chicago where they've removed some of the, the potential path or blockages that, that could be there for Mooney I'm still very excited about Brant Ayuk Sean I remember last year we did a show at one point of the the early portion of the season and I, I really loved Brant Ayuk all last offseason and was drafting and drafting and drafting on our eventually he had his big game and it was from the from the doghouse to the penthouse was what I, I remember calling the podcast but how are you feeling about Ayuk? obviously last year he was going you know usually about two rounds ahead of samuel now samuel and and standard formats is going in the second round off drafts and pretty much all occasions what are you thinking about Ayuk this year is there a chance for him to continue to ascend but not maybe just at that level of Debo?
2: yeah i mean he had a better target per route over the second half of the season than samuel did and part of that is that i think they were trying to mix things around we know that samuel obviously carried the ball a lot in that stretch but that doesn't necessarily explain why his ability to draw targets which had been just so crazy over the first half dropped down a little bit even when he was running routes in the second part and that is due to the fact that both george kittle and brandon Ayuk are very very big talents that's one of the reasons that i think you have to really have trey lance everywhere it's actually a case where we probably should have considered trey lance in the second round that would have been a fun way to play this because lance with the rushing ability and then those three weapons there are all of these just crazy upside scenarios in which he could be the overall qb1 and so to have taken him in the second round there that would have worked out i think the main problem with Ayuk is that you just have to play so well with the likely overall target volume that he's going to get to be a difference maker and when we're looking at ways to play the 49ers there are other ways to do it now you could say that once you've gotten your samuel shares and he's been discounted enough in enough different formats that it's easy to pick up a lot of that know why not move down and actually take some iuk especially if samuel would have an injury and we know debo has had some injuries over the past uh, you know two three years that he's been in the nfl that then you're looking at a situation where iuk could be you know a top seven or eight wide receiver so from that perspective it would be a home run selection at the adps that you're getting on him and so i like that i don't like him on this team here with Kittle, where to win the whole thing. We need Kittle to have one of those 40-point games, uh, you know, week 16, week 17, that type of thing. I think that Mooney is kind of a fun pick because that's not necessarily one where you're going to look back and have wanted the quarterback as well. Now, it's not to say that if Mooney has a big game at the right time, so Justin Fields wouldn't have also had a big game the other element there is that i probably would have selected or would have been at least very much in the mindset of considering drake london but the fact that we have zach wilson and that garrett wilson is such a good prospect is discounted below where elijah moore is going obviously we love elijah moore but you can put those two guys together. And I think getting your rookie exposure once you have Wilson, which again is, is sort of an odd thing to say through Garrett Wilson is probably the right way to do it.
1: Yeah. And don't worry, Sean, again, checking those comments uh, <laughs> from the, the listeners in the chat box. They have, uh, after we we did draft Zach Wilson, they have updated some of the comments to waiting on quarterback seems to have gone okay for them so far. And then the next comment is got to be setting up that Garrett Wilson stack. So, they are on to us, Sean, and it feels like somebody may draft him before it, it comes back. But I definitely think that he could be a very, very nice pickup if we get back to the back of this round. But it is a situation where we're at the back of the eighth round now. We won't be picking again to the 9-11. Since we picked, we had Drake London. Adam Thielen, Jameis Winston, Amon Rustin Brown, uh, Josh Jacobs, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, Trey Burks, and uh, Elijah Mitchell. So a couple of the quarterbacks there that we're not really interested in getting. And Winston, who we talked about, Carson Wentz is the other one who were, well, I'm I'm not really targeting, but then uh, Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan going to the team in five. I I don't know. I'm still, if we're, if we're going late quarterback, I definitely think there's still viable options to have in there. But, Brant Ayuk then going to the team in the first spot. When we do wrap this up, we will look through some of the the teams and the bills and, and discuss those. But team one here is, is setting up quite a nice build so far with Josh Allen, DeAndre Swift, Kyle Pitts, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, uh, Rashad Bittman, Elijah Moore, Brant Ayuk, and James Cook. So that's, that's tar- you know, heating up quite nice. So we'll go through some of those teams after. Davis Mills was off the board at that next point Sean a player who I haven't really heard talked about at all and we haven't really talked about him at all over the last couple of years because Justin Jefferson is definitely our guy in this offense but Adam Thielen coming back off injury again his ADP in this here draft is the mid-eighth round obviously if it wasn't super flexible, we've gone a couple of rounds earlier that reduced ADP still scores touchdowns but is definitely not the profile of the guy that we're looking to draft but he's going in that range where some of those veteran guys are going where it's a bit flat is he somewhere Is he someone who you will have any shares off in, in
2: 2022? No, Adam Thielen is not someone I'm going to have unless he falls like three or four rounds below ADP and you say to yourself, well, that's absurd. That's never going to happen. But again, in a super flex format, Zach Wilson fell more than two rounds for us in this draft. If there are players that you're only on a couple of rounds after ADP, then, you know, that that's where you would kind of be looking at them. And, Every once in a while, it will give you an advantage that you needed because everything else was gone. And so, in that case, you would hit on them. Again, is there a scenario where Justin Jefferson, I mean, hopefully he, he's not out? I mean, that just would be an absolute nightmare. He's, you know, maybe the most fun player to watch in the entire NFL. But if he's banged up a little bit, not quite 100%, you have KJ Osborne out there, you have Irv Smith out there. It's a more dynamic passing offense. Dalvin Cook is rushing the ball well. You know, could Adam Thielen push? His, you know, actual targets back up a little bit. Could he push his yardage numbers up a little bit and then keep catching touchdowns? I think so. now one of the things here is you're going to have a little bit of a trade off probably, where in order to get his yardage volume up where he needs it to be, you probably need Justin Jefferson to be out or limited. If that's the case, then Thielen as one of the best red zone red weapons in the entire NFL, you know, he's going to get a little bit more of that Travis Kelsey type of treatment, right? Where You will be seeing double teams, or at least you'll be seeing defenses where the pre-snap read is to go somewhere else. You're going to be trying to push uh, Kirk Cousins off of him. Now, uh, the coaching staff obviously will be pushing back in their direction, trying to camouflage what they're doing. So much of what's happened in the last couple of years is as teams have tried to adjust for Justin Jefferson, even the coaching staff that was so maligned ran all kinds of sort of crafty plays to get Thielen open in the red zone. That doesn't take away from the fact that I mean, he's this incredible red zone player but i mean he he has that ability he could catch a lot of touchdowns i just think that that trade-off makes it so that it, it somewhat neutralizes the advantage there and again you're probably going to be looking at him only after adp
1: yeah and then uh, i thought that was going to be your answer, but we hadn't touched him so i thought we would touch him michael thomas goes off the board he's another one of those guys but before that marcus mariota kenny pickett and davis mills were the players who went off the board to concern us we are back on the clock but sean we do have the option here to take yard wilson and i, I do think that the quarterback options are going to get back to us because the team in 12th has taken three quarterbacks so far Is wilson the the guy that you want to take here
2: yeah you mentioned that the team at the turn has taken three that means we don't have to worry about the qb pick at this slot looking at all the rest of the i mean there are a lot of wide receivers with a better adp than wilson but he's not going to get back to us I actually think he should be going ahead of all of those wide receivers and he fits in. I mean, if, if Zach Wilson blows up, then Garrett Wilson is obviously going to blow up. So we go ahead and make that selection. It does work out for us there and Column Now when we come back around, we have this very tricky choice of do we hit the QBs? Do we keep waiting on the QBs? This is the situation we have. The team drafting out of the one slot only has one. The team drafting out of the four only has two. And one of those is Carson Wentz. And so that's like having one and a half, right? We just have one. Can we count on some of these late QBs coming back? Now Marcus Mariota is gone, which is kind of interesting. That leads you to believe that that drafter will probably try and add Desmond Ritter later. Baker Mayfield has adp in round 12 ritter and garoppolo are in round 14 i guess i don't know that we can count on them making it with all of the rhetoric that has surrounded mayfield and the likelihood that he's traded do we need to just straight go mayfield here
1: it's up to you we have eight seconds left we have hammer tyler boyds the other player to go with sean does go with baker mayfield so that is going to get us through 10 picks of this draft we have cooper cup jamar chase saquon barkley george kittle travis Etienne, jk dobbin zach wilson daryl mooney garrett wilson and now we have baker mayfield added in there so sean i don't know we did a draft with uh zachary kruger maybe two weeks ago and and that was that the was rumors that baker mayfield was about to be traded very soon so that was two weeks ago so i'm hoping that we're getting closer to that move but yeah, if he becomes a starting quarterback, I, I know I mentioned earlier you know, the excitement or, or the cap of excitement on it, but if he's going there at that particular point, I think we're in a, a good spot. The problem is if he doesn't get traded, then we're we're sitting with a, a zero probably most weeks, but I, I fully expect the Browns to move out of him, uh, so I think that'll be good for us. Sean, we are going to put a pin in it there for this edition of the podcast. We're going to come back with the second half off the draft for you to listen into. It's been a challenge here as we draft against the the Rotoviz listeners. There's some very, very good rosters being built. We are going to talk through those when we get back and and finish up our draft. We'll have a recap episode as well, so do stay tuned for that. Make sure you're subscribed to the Rotoviz podcast feed for Rotoviz Overtime and all the other Rotoviz podcasts my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over my co-host is sean siegel find all his work up on rotaviz.com and of course as always you can get that listeners only discount to a rotaviz.com nfl pass using the code rv radio 2022 at checkout that'll get you access to all of our content and tools and of course it helps support the podcast network until we're back with the second part of this draft have a good one